Hey, Changemakers, Mike here. I am so excited about today's episode and getting started back with the sort of podcast format here on Substack. It's uh, been a little while, and so definitely excited to dive back in. Not only uh, is this a way to get some good content out there to the Agents of Change community, but uh, it's also these, these podcast episodes and voice notes are a great way to provide content that can be more accessible to people who either aren't able to read my text posts or who prefer audio content in general. I've gotten a lot of really good feedback from recent voice posts like this. So I'm going to start trying this. Um, and another quick note to share here. Um, today's episode is going to be the beginning of something new with Agents of Change. I am starting a series of weekly podcast episodes that will be available only to paid subscribers here on my Substack. I already have an incredibly amazing and dedicated group of changemakers who help support this Substack publication, and I want to be able to offer them more support in return and more resources um, and content in return. Uh, so thinking about ways to sort of expand this community and the offerings I decided let's get started with a weekly podcast and and then sort of see from here on out how to add more creative ways to further support this sort of core changemaker group as we move forward. Just to be clear, there aren't going to be any changes to the existing free Agents of Change newsletter. So no worries at all if you're not currently interested in becoming a paid subscriber. But for those who that would just love to support the work here and begin receiving additional content and resources like this weekly podcast series I'm getting started, I invite you to sign up to become a paid subscriber through Substack. Just click on the button in the post for this podcast episode and you're all set. Um, and I am extremely grateful to those that do support this Substack publication um, and the work that I'm doing here to really help grow um, and build a bigger and better community of change makers within museums, within nonprofits, wherever, uh, you know, this entire community is coming from, from, from sort of all over. Um, it's been exciting to see this community grow and to be able to support you all in so many different types of ways. So I thank you all for being a part of this and I'm excited to sort of start trying new things. Okay. So on to today's episode. I want to start this podcast series by bringing some attention to one of the most powerful principles, for me at least, to come out of Adrienne Marie Brown's work, Emergent Strategy. And before I even dive into this, if you haven't come across Adrienne Marie Brown's, uh, any, of, any of their work, but certainly Emergent Strategy, um, a textbook you know, um, kind of piece of literature uh, that has changed the way I see change making and that type of practice within my museum practice, within nonprofit work, within my consulting work. And so go like read Adrian Marie Brown because it's powerful and extremely applicable to this type of practice. So the principle that I want to focus on today in this episode is what we pay attention to grows. I'm going to repeat that again because I think bringing attention to these words is so important. What we pay attention to grows. And this is kind of connected to last week's post at Agents of Change that I wrote about burnout, overwork, and, and how we can address those issues or at least start to make headway um, against this culture of 
overwork that I think, you know, it, it existed, you know, for a very long time, certainly before the pandemic, but I feel like um, during and and kind of in this moment we're at now um, of the, the pandemic, or if people, you know, think we're transitioning out of the pandemic in different ways, um, I feel like we're in a crisis of burnout, of overwork in all kinds of different ways. So I think this idea of what we pay attention to grows is a powerful way for us to reflect on our own agency in our work and in our lives. I don't really separate the two. I know there's a lot of talk about work-life balance. For me, you know, I think it's good to strive to just be our whole selves and be, you know, our whole selves when we're when we're working, uh, be our whole selves when we're not, when we're not working, when we're at home, when we're with family, when, you know, but I don't like those those boundaries that kind of get set up. So but, but what we pay attention to grows, I think, is so important because it helps address this idea that, you know, when we're, when we're rushing from meeting to meeting, you know, we've just got back-to-back meetings, our attention is getting stretched thin. When we're spending too much time on social media, our attention is being taken away from the things that could potentially bring us more well-being, more care, and more purpose. And we're, when we're being reactive with our attention, we're rapidly responding to what's going on around us. And we're kind of giving our attention out based on other people's priorities. We're not really honoring ourselves in that. And and I did uh, talk about that uh, in the post last week. We are the ones that are in control of our choices. And we are the ones that are in control of prioritizing for ourselves. And I think that is all interrelated with these words from Adrienne Murray Brown and Emergent Strategy. I believe in in the human-centered work of museums, and I've written about it, and I've talked a lot about it, certainly on the Agents of Change community here, um, and really about working to bring relationships to the core of our practice. But too often, these things are really remaining secondary to status quo priorities, expectations, you know, kind of typical power dynamics um, that tend to show up in the workplace. And we're giving our attention over to like an endless series of back-to-back meetings or other goals or other priorities. And then we find ourselves with little or no attention left to give to the relationships that need to be grown, nurtured, or repaired. And this corporate-based or sort of capitalist-based system of work that we're in is really trying to work against our efforts as agents of change, right? I mean, it doesn't, you know, it wants to stay the same. A lot of the organizations we work for, kind of at the foundation and at the core of it, tends to not be an embrace of change. It tends to be, I mean, we always sort of say this business as usual. Um, It tends to be an embrace of let's just keep things the same. And that's where our work as agents of change and as change makers bumps up against a lot of barriers, So this idea of thinking about our attention and where we spend our attention, I think, is just a really important part of this. And one of the authors that I I think back to and I look back to is Jenny O'Dell. Jenny O'Dell wrote a book in 2019, I think it was, called How to Do Nothing, Resisting the Attention Economy. Uh, It's a really fantastic read about this idea that attention that our attention is a currency we give to services sort of vying for our attention. It's the time we give to social media, oftentimes without even realizing that we're doing it. And it's a currency and we're sort of spending it. And so we, but we only have so much. 
And when we spend it on things like social media, for example, or a bunch of meetings that other people decide for us, we're not able to spend it on things that matter more. Um, and so, so Odell argues that for us to begin directing our attention, to become just aware that our attention is up to us to decide what we do with it, where we spend it, where we direct it. And so Odell argues that we need to begin directing our attention more consciously, understanding that we are in control of where we spend our attention and that we could all do a better job of this. And, and you know, hands raised on my side, definitely. Um, I constantly <laughs> think through the ideas, um, whether it's from Adrian Murray Brown, Jenny Odell, or countless other people who are saying, you know, stop spending time doing X, Y, and Z. And I'm, of course, guilty as charged with a lot of those things. But trying to constantly come back to these ideas and remember when I'm starting to feel a little adrift or feeling like feeling like I'm losing control. I think that's a, um, a skill or a capacity that we can start to gain over time is just this moment to be like, wow, I can consciously tell I'm starting to really lose control over where my attention is going, where my choices are being made. I've got to take a moment, pause, uh, and interrupt this and reel this back in. So, um, yeah, and I think, you know, and social media is a good example. Um, it isn't the only, obviously not the only place we're giving our attention. And recently I've been even asking, you know, with, with all the changes happening to Twitter and different, you know, platforms and social media platforms, I've been asking myself a lot like what would change about my work or life if social media didn't exist? I think it's a great question to sort of reflect on and think about what impact does that have? Um, and I think at first it might be like, oh my God, you know, for some of us, it might be like, wow, I really need that. I really need, um, you know, that communication channel or those connections or something. And then I think if we start to dig deeper, we may realize that like, I don't know what the direct impact of not having social media would be on my work or life. Um, and it's been a really good question to think about. Um, okay, so in digging a little deeper into what we pay attention to grows, this sort of big principle and idea, I want to sort of offer some, I'm just calling it like try this, some strategies. Those of you that have that have you know followed me here at Agents of Change or read my book or know my work know that I tend to be very practice oriented and practical. So I'm not just going to be talking and then be like, I don't know, you figure it out. Um, I really want to give some strategies that you can take right now, right here and begin through reflective practice or begin trying things out to change where you're paying your attention um, and how to reflect on that. So I wanted to focus on two kind of core strategies here. The first is interrupt your regular rhythm or pattern of attention. And this idea for me really comes out of Jenny O'Dell's most recent book. Um, and I was drawn back to kind of her thinking recently. She came out with a book called Saving Time. And in it, uh, Odell talks about how our lives are particularly structured around a linear and horizontal sense of time, kind of a narrative sense of time. And she sort of calls on us to find a way to disrupt that, to break away from our sort of regular rut of a schedule, to interrupt the time that we may be spending on email or social media, or like I said before, like back-to-back -back meetings, those types of things that we just feel like are kind of like we have to do. She's really uh, asking us to interrupt that and do so by doing something like taking a walk outside. And 
And while doing that, not thinking, oh my gosh, I'm wasting time, embracing it holistically, um, doing something like taking a nap and not worrying about the fact that you are not being quote unquote productive or, or, or even just some simple things like watching birds outside your window, get lost in just paying attention to what they're doing or a squirrel as something very simple. And, and Odell even suggests like in her first book also just do nothing. There are way too few moments in our day and in our schedule where we just do nothing and feel okay with it. So these are some ways to really interrupt this, this rhythm and pattern of attention that we often just get stuck in. So instead of grabbing for our phones or whatever we do when we're sort of like have a gap of time, try something different, something radically different to interrupt that. Um, and that's like my first go try this. The second I want to think about is reflecting on our own relationship with time. And this is a little deeper, maybe a little more journal based, um, but I've got some ways I want to offer up to try this as well. I think these strategies are really good for anyone who's focusing on making change happen, because this is a lot of the internal and self-focused work that I think we have to do before we're going out and trying to sort of build communities of change or making larger social or organizational changes happen. Um, so in my book, Museums as Agents of Change, I did write a short section about learning to reclaim our time. To some extent, we've all lost control over our time. And like work, work culture, overemphasis on productivity has convinced us that we don't have enough time. And, and you know, we've all felt that and heard that a lot. To resist this culture of hurry, I think that if we ref- it's important that we reflect on our relationship with time and our sense of time. So questions like, uh, that we could reflect on include, what are some of the factors that affect our schedule? What, like If we're feeling like our schedule is jam-packed or we open up our calendar and it looks like you know that old video game breakout, We don't have any room for the ball to sort of bounce around at all. It's just a block of colors. Like, what are the factors that have led to that? What are the factors that lead to our use of time in any given day? And and are we in control of our calendar, of our time, of our schedule? And if not, how have we allowed others to dictate the use of our time? Just simply reflecting on that helps us unpack kind of how we got where we are with our relationship with time. So here's a, a, a even more practical strategy. Take out your calendar or open up your Google calendar or whatever it is that you use for scheduling and take find one day on your calendar and like delete everything. Cancel all your meetings, cancel your plans, cancel as many things as you can realistically cancel. Now, if you've got, you know, drop kids off at school, pick them up like I do. Those might not, might not be canceling, but maybe, maybe that's a day where like a, you know, someone else could help out a friend, a different parent. Um, try to block out and, and cancel out as much in that one single day as you possibly can. And then make your own schedule for that day. So you start with a clean slate and then you begin to think like, how might you use your time that day in ways that prioritize what matters most to you. Now, don't prevent yourself from necessarily doing work on that day. This isn't necessarily intended to be, you know, like an escape or a getaway or, or, you know, 
going away from work, but think about work that matters. Like instead of cramming little bits of work in between meetings, what would what would you be able to do with an entire day? What are the projects, um, the work that you would love to work on and to really dedicate some really time and intention to, but you just can't, you just can't find that time in your crazy schedule and your back-to-back meetings and everything. So, so just try to build that day from scratch based on your choices on this idea of what you pay attention to grows. What do you want to grow? What do you want to be building and creating with your time? And then at the end of the day, so experience this day, have this wonderful and like celebrate this day. And at the end of this day, I think one of the most important questions we can ask ourselves is, what's the worst thing that happened because I took this day? And and I ask that question because sometimes we think like, oh gosh, if I do that, you know, if I take that day, all these things are going to drop off. I'm going to miss this deadline. I'm not going to be a part of that meeting. I'm going to, you know, miss out on all these things. Um, and fall behind. And so I think after we actually experience a day where we've been in control and we've had some time to really dedicate to the work we want to focus on, what does it feel like? Do we really feel like we've lost a lot out of that or have we instead gained a lot? Um, And so I think focusing on like, what are some, what was that, what did that feel like? What did we gain out of really taking control over that one day? And really owning it and having agency over how we chose to use our attention and to use our time. And I think it's okay. Start doing this. You know, you could start doing this more often. After you do it one day, it'd be awesome to start like implementing this type of thinking more often. That'd be an incredible goal. But it's okay to start with just a day. Like, it's okay to start small. I think we've got to recognize that. Um, I think you'll thank yourself to do something like this. And to be honest, I think others around you will thank you. I think we start to model this behavior. We start to celebrate it. We start to really bring more attention to it. I think we can start to make big change, big culture changes by just simply making these own internal and personal changes to our relationship with time and in paying attention to how we use our attention, how we spend our attention. So try those things. Try some of those strategies. Let me know how it goes. Share with the Agents of Change community. We want to hear what, you know, what barriers are you bumping up against? How is this not working? Please ask. I always, I think that's the most important thing to hear out of this is like, how is this potentially not working But also, like, what's working about this for you? Is this something you've done before? Is this completely new type of experience or questions or reflections to be asking? Um, And share. Let us know. You know, let everyone know how this is going, because I think we need to hear from each other around this. Okay. Returning to these words from Adrienne Marie Brown for to sort of wrap things up here. What we pay attention to grows. And I think those words, you know, they're worth writing down on a sticky note, you know, and sticking it on our phone would be a great place to stick it um, on our computer screen, on our desk, um, on our refrigerator, you know, wherever, the bathroom mirror, what we pay attention to grows. How can we develop a more regular practice of thinking about this, of reflecting on this, and really starting to understand that we are in control of our attention, of our 
use of time. And we can really start to take that control back uh, if we feel like we've really lost that and don't have a lot of that control. So these types of strategies are going to make us better agents of change in our work. They're going to help us just in our lives in general, because it's not just relegated to work. And we can start directing our attention in ways to grow, like I mentioned before, grow the relationships that need to be grown. How do we start to become more empathetic and human individuals in our work and really take the time and intention towards that practice um, and away from some of the other things that we feel might really be distracting us from what matters most? So can't wait to hear a little bit about how you're all trying these ideas, these strategies, and, and thinking about these words from Adrian Murray Brown. Um, really looking forward to this kicking off this new weekly series of podcast episodes here on Agents of Change and excited to grow the paid subscriber community, the support community um, to really help this platform expand and to provide you know, just ongoing resources, content, ideas, questions, and reflections for people making change in their work and in their lives in so many different areas. So thank you for listening, connecting, and I can't wait to hear from you um, and stay connected for future episodes. All right. Hang in there, changemakers.